Joining the chorus, it's time for another North Melbourne Footy Club update with Dean Vasic and special guests on Hashtag Kangaroos. Welcome to another episode. My name is Dean Vasic. You can find me on Twitter at Hashtag Kangas or on Instagram at Hashtag Kangaroos Podcast. So today I was joined by Ravishing Ricky Mangides to preview our game coming up on Saturday against the Adelaide Crows. Uh, there was plenty to discuss. There was um, obviously the Ben Cunnington talk coming in. Jack Zebel, we discussed that a little bit more. I discussed that the other day with Mark Hello. Um, and plenty of other things uh, discussed as well. But before I get into the Ricky Mangidi's interview, he did have a message um, just before we started. So I'll bring on, I'll put that on right now. Yeah, so Ricky just wanted to get that message out uh, before we started the interview. Clearly, that's a piss take. Uh, I'm just uh, quoting uh, Ravishing Rick Rude, one of my favourite wrestlers of the 80s uh, and 90s. So that's it. I'm showing my uh, age a bit there. So yeah, nah, all a bit of fun. Anyways, I won't hold you up anymore. I'll bring on Ricky right now. All right, so I'm once again joined by Ravishing Rick Mangides. Now, Rick... There's obviously been a lot of news in the last 24 hours, and you know, uh, it looks like uh, Ben Cunnington. Well, it doesn't look like it's it's definitely confirmed that uh, Ben Cunnington uh, will be playing this week. Are you a bit surprised um, that they didn't save it for another week? Uh, selfishly, I'm very disappointed. The, the comeback game isn't next week. Yeah, <laughs> I would have loved that to be uh, to be uh, at home um at marvel and so when you look at flights to and back from adelaide on webjet you're like yeah i, I can't justify spending that much money, that much money on on flights day, day in and out but um um i i thought he'd play a, a full vfl game first yeah he played i think it was three quarters on the weekend yeah. and he looked sort of good good in patches and then obviously yeah rusty understandably <laughs> in in others you can't um wouldn't think he'd be sort of you know zero to 100 in his first game back in, in 12 months or so. Um, so I thought he'd play a full game this week at VFL and, and then play uh, in round 23 against Gold Coast. But, um, you know, but apart from that, it's just, it's just great to see him healthy and, and playing football. And AFL's, if AFL's the, the best way to do it, then then so be it. That's um, It's just it's just good to see him playing football, really. Yeah, 100%. And that's, that's what it's all about at the end of the day. It's good just to get him out on a park. Um, yeah, selfishly, uh, for my own reasons as well, I, I would have liked to wait another week and I was a bit surprised um, that, uh, yeah, they probably didn't leave another week. Probably would have got a few more thousand. I mean, it still might happen. Um, but, uh, yeah, I was, I, was, I was a bit surprised they would, I, I, I guess, kind of rush him back a little bit. Like, there was uh, talk last week that he was uh, had a bit of hamstring uh, soreness during the game. But um, well, obviously there wasn't. Um, if you if you come straight into the AFL and you got to travel to Adelaide on a six day break as well, uh, did you see any of the game? By the way, I know you've been very busy hey. the last couple of weeks. Yes, yeah. For those unaware, I've been working nights the last couple of weeks for Commonwealth Games, so I'm in the middle of readjusting my body to normal human hours. But uh, yeah, I, I watched it. I watched it during the week. Watch, watch the replay. Um, uh, yeah, I think with with. Hunters, he obviously knows his body so so well, and he's so experienced that I think there'd be a level of trust in when he if he would have said, "Oh, you know, I'm fine," or you know, 
if this means something, then then there'd be a trust in that compared to someone like, say, Charlie Coleman, who's obviously still young and had you know a lot more injuries in key position players. I think you obviously treat each person each person differently because they're they're on different programs and you know a midfielder is a bit different to a key position player and and whatnot. So um, yeah, I think if I kind of would have said, oh yeah, my body's fine, and then and they they would have trusted him, and obviously Patch and kind of go a long way back. So there'd be that level of trust between between those two as well. So, yeah, I'm, I'm confident they've made made the right decision and, and he's ready to go. I, I can't imagine you'll play a heap of game time on Saturday. I wouldn't be surprised if it sort of levels out around that sort of 65-ish percent of game time. But, um, yeah, I think I think he'd be ready to go. Yeah, it might spend a bit a bit of time forward as well, uh, probably yeah, exactly. just just for patches. Um, yeah, but I'm not too sure. Like probably five minutes here and there in each quarter or something like that. So just to get him uh, used to it. Um, yeah, eighteen possessions, three uh, three clearances, three tackles. He he looked like he hadn't lost uh, much of a beat, did he? No, I mean I think it was uh, obviously the Sydney's. Without that, I think as mentioned on commentary, I think it was seventeen AFL yeah, players. Um, yeah, seventeen, maybe whatever it was. Um, so you, you knew you weren't playing against sort of like a VFL standalone side where the where the quality really drops away after a team's sort of first ten to twelve players. So, um, so yeah, yeah, I think you look yeah rusty at times and and then and then good at others. So I think it's what you'd expect naturally for a, a first comeback game after so long. And I think we I think with kind of these inside touches always so good that. Even if he's rusty in, in certain um, in certain passages of the game, you, you still know it's going to be a net positive for what he can bring. So, um, yeah, obviously it's going to take a while to get back up to full speed, assuming he's, you know sticks around for next year and beyond. But um, yeah, yeah, I, th- I thought he was solid for what he bought for sure. Yeah, hundred percent. No, for his first game back in over you know uh, twelve months, yeah, I thought he was uh, very good. And it wasn't like an ACL injury where you, where you can come back from that. This was a pretty serious sort of uh, situation that happened to him uh, over 12 months ago uh, to put his body through what he went through. Uh, I've seen people go through that sort of uh, treatment and it's not easy. So, yeah, no, very uh, inspirational story. Him and him and Sam Doherty as well, uh, both, um, mm. yeah, inspirational stories. And, yeah, full credit to him. Um, yeah, there's a couple of other good players there too. I, I not too sure if, uh, yeah, you, you agree, but uh, it looked like Charlie Coleman was just a, a class above in that level. Obviously, he's uh, second or third game back after injury. And, oh, Tara Thomas uh, certainly uh, showed um, signs as well. Do, do you agree with that? Anyone else you, you feel like uh, might might be pushing for, you know, a senior spot in the next two weeks? Yeah, yeah, those two were, were my standouts as well. Uh, I think Thomas sort of, he, was, he looked a class above in the first sort of, to two and a half quarters though, and then he sort of ran out of legs, which is I guess understandable considering um these last couple of months it hasn't been hasn't been available with um all these all these personal uh family stuff to deal with. So I think I think Patch said on on radio either this morning or yesterday that he'll have another week in the BFL, which uh, which makes sense and then hopefully he comes back in for round twenty three and, and finishes off on a high. Um I think Combin just depends on whether they think he's got enough miles in the legs to run out of AFL game. Uh, I think it goes back to we were comparing him and Cunners before, and obviously Combin's on a much more cautious, um, different plan considering everything he's been through the last couple of years. So if they think one more game at VFL level is going to prepare him properly, um, and then maybe he plays round 23 as well, um, I think it's yeah probably the best way to go. 
Yeah, I think we'll have a pretty good uh, round 23 team, uh, which will probably be <laughs> exactly. an indication of uh, the round one team in 2023. Um, so, yeah, no, it'll definitely be you know, some quality in there. So, yeah, a few players might be said that, um, you know, um, are probably in half-decent form anyway. It's, it, you know, it's, it's a shame that it's uh, got to round 23 um, to get our best uh, 22 by well, Touch wood, nothing happens in the next seven, seven uh, to eight days. But it uh, looks like, yeah, we'll probably have our best team and the fittest team uh, around 23. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Can we extend the season for another month? <laughs> oh, I don't know if I want to see another month of losses. <laughs> it's been a tough trying year. So, yeah, no, it's, uh, yeah but, um, it, yeah, I mean, we're certainly um, finishing the season off uh, healthy, uh, hopefully, anyway, touch wood, uh, like I said before. But uh, you mentioned uh, Patch Adams before. Now, he's had four weeks at the gig. How, now, you wrote an article um, explaining it a little bit, so I definitely recommend people, if they haven't read it, to go on shinbone.com and, and have a read. But uh, just explain uh, your article uh, briefly about uh, Patch Adams and what you're seeing under him. Yeah, it was in the um, it was in the sort of bigger picture of everyone having a go at um, Stevenson for when he turned his back to Buddy, which obviously looked <laughs> terrible. Um, it wasn't his finest moment, but I just thought it sort of encapsulated a bit of a wasted season where, you know, um, basically since Patch has taken over, it's kind of everything's been put on fast forward and and trying to trying to get all these data points and, and and get players up to speed on basically the way to play footy in 2022. Um, and he's going through all these learning. All these learning um, moments, I guess, is the best way to describe it. That in an ideal world, they would have that would have happened in January, February, March, rather than round twenty-two. Um, and since Pat's taken over in the last four weeks, you can see I think you can see the difference straight away. There's already a visible style with the ball, uh, a visible style without the ball. Uh, maybe the phrase is easier to earn because of where it's coming from in comparison to the first sort of 15, 16 weeks or. Yeah. Um, and and preseason, but uh, the scoring's improved. They're looking to defend higher up the field, which means they're forcing more turnovers. Uh, means it's more inside fifties. Um, that you, you can see the, the points against have actually gone up a bit, but that's because of of the way they're trying to play defending higher up the field, and, and that's and that's part of the normal learning period. So an, another preseason, yeah, assuming that when the new coach comes in and pre-season sort of betting that down and, and defending high and playing a fourth half game, the the scores against will, will drop drop pretty quickly because obviously yeah. sort of common sense, the, long, the longer the ball's you fought up, the, the less it's going to be in the opposition's fourth half. So yeah, I think, I think it's been really promising what he's done in the last four weeks and, and hopefully he wants to stay around and he's kept around by, by the new coach. Yeah, that's good. that's uh, that's going to be interesting, isn't it? Because I I, I think ideally you'd probably like, you'd like to go back to the VFL um, and stay there with uh, Tom Lynch, but um, yeah, I mean, depends on uh, what uh, I, I don't know what his contract situation is uh, with the club, whether he stays another twelve months or anything like that, or if he's got uh, clause. But um, yeah, I think he you'd, you'd like a couple more years at the VFL level before he moves up and probably becomes a good assistant coach somewhere, whether it's North Melbourne or another club, because, yeah, no, he's it, even when he speaks, he speaks very well, doesn't he? Yeah, I think it's been really evident in his, uh, his post-game presses and his midweek presses. He's got a really clear handle on what's been going right, what's been going wrong, and, and he explains it and he explains it in really simple terms as well. I mean, even after the Essendon game where he came into the press conference, like we did ABC right, and he mentioned the clearances and, 
inside fifties, and then but we we didn't do X Y Z right, and then it's like, well, when you put it that way, you're like, yep, absolutely. And then so mm. same thing up the Sydney game in terms of yeah, you know, the good the good periods and the bad periods, and then what Sydney did to take away, and um, yeah, I think he's got a re- you got a really good handle on on what's working, what's not working, and then and then because of that, you can yeah, man, the coaching team can deliver clear messages to the players. So. Um, and, and that's why we've seen that improvement in in the last four weeks, uh, in the last few weeks since he's, he's taken over the uh, the interim role. Yeah, and I think uh, yeah, the results don't uh, do him justice. To be honest with you, I think um, there's been a couple. Um, th- there's been periods in the game where we've been you know very competitive, but uh, there's also periods like last week where we had you know a probably five ten minute spells in uh, the second and third quarters where we where we conceded too many goals, and yeah, that was the that was the end result at the end of the day so yeah no i think he's um yeah he, he seems to be getting better each week so yeah no good on him and uh yeah hopefully we can keep him at the club a, uh, a little bit longer uh for the years to come um oh yeah you mentioned jane stevenson there now mm-hmm. obviously the couple areas he did last week were highlight were the yeah, yeah highlighted uh, far too much because i thought he was um very good to be honest with you had 31 possessions uh, use the ball quite well, 81% uh, disposal efficiency, five, over 500 metres gained. Um, do you see him, like if a new coach comes in, uh, which we hope, uh, which we know, uh, not know, but which we hope uh, it'll be, um, do you see him as a defender in 2023 going forward? Uh, I, I think, I still think his best position is a wing. Mm. But, I, um, but, Halfback wing, there's a lot of similarities between those two roles, especially if you're playing on the open side winger, um, where your role is to get up and down and sort of and sort of create and be a really high meters game type player. So, I th- yeah, I think in ideal with the best position is a wing, but you can you can tell what he's brought as a halfback as well straight away. Yeah. Uh, he's played four of the last five games there. I think maybe five of the last six uh, as a as a halfback. You can see. You can see what he brings, and then in tandem with Aaron Hall on on Sunday, with having two people back there, you can sort of break lines. Allowed Luke McDonald to sort of more focus more on his sort of marshalling the defence, and and then and then because that forward tag from Clarkey went came to went to Hall, it still still meant North had an option through Stevenson to gain some meters and and help with the ball movement. So um, whether it's a whether it's a wing or half back, I think that's probably the two two best options because there are a lot of. If you look at the half forwards, there are quite a few options there, and they all deserve game time somehow. So I think, you know, if, if you're going to give them game time, then probably pushing Stevenson further up the field. Yeah, that's that's interesting. So you don't you don't think he'll be a forward fifty player for the next few years? I mean, it's a possibility. I think he can. He can. Oh yeah, absolutely, he can be. Yeah, it's um. It's more like you know, if, if I had the choice, like where would you play him? I play him on a wing, uh, a wing first, and then if that doesn't work, then a, then a halfback second. Because uh, uh, you may think of you know, in an ideal world, you have if you're playing say three talls um, next year. So it's, let's say it's you know, lucky, lucky your second ruck and combin, and then you have you know, fingers crossed, Zerha stays, um, and then you have Curtis and another small forward, and all of a sudden, like always, oh, your where's your room for? Stevenson and a couple others, you know. So, um, 
So I think just kind of like a process of elimination type thing. If it was up to me, like obviously you can play forward. You can play as a half forward and play it really well. But yeah, if it's up to me, I'd, I'd stick him on a wing first. And then and then if that doesn't work um, or if it doesn't, it's not feasible um, as, as a halfback. Mm. Yeah, no, I mean, that's fair enough because, yeah, Aaron Hall's, um, he's got, a, you know, soft tissue uh, injury problems. He's had a few of them this year. So you probably have to think that that might even continue next year as he gets a year older uh, in his uh, body. So, you know, it, it's definitely an option uh, if there's an injury there. So, yeah, no, I, I agree. I, I think, um, yeah, further up the field, uh, I mean, he's played some really good games on the wing as well. Um, so, yeah, yeah no, that's, that's probably his... I think that's his yeah, future position in 2023. I think he's a very good wingman. Um, you mentioned forwards. Uh, I noticed you didn't, uh, next year you mentioned the three tools and, and so forth. Now, you, you probably didn't mention Jack Zeebel. Uh Where's he at? Yeah, I don't really want to have this conversation. I kind of just want to <laughs> stick my head in the sand and go, la, 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 la. Yeah. And... Um... <laughs> Yeah, it's just getting uh, it's just getting harder and harder to find a spot for him on current trends, to be honest. Um, as much as, as harder that is to sort of say and come to that, I should say come to that realisation because I think everyone's sort of seen it happening in slow motion the last sort of, you know, couple of months, I guess. Um, yeah, so if, yeah, if you're playing three talls and Zerha and then you need your small forwards in there and and is I mean Zeebs isn't gonna he's not gonna provide more pressure than a small forward and he's not gonna be you can't you if you talk about mid sized forwards, obviously Zerha's head of Zebel and and you sort of try to you know reshuffle things and you're like, well I'd have you know these five or six players ahead of him and then it's all of a sudden you're like, well he's not you can't play midfield anymore. He's probably not a spot you can't Putting a spot for him at the back end, so it's like all like where does he where does he go next year? You know, like where does he play? Like is he is he comfortable sticking around and being a fringe player? Like obviously he'll be captain next year. Um, yeah, it's just it's just hard to find a spot for him. Should he be dropped now? I wouldn't drop him this week with Kinda's back. No, um, yeah. Um, given you know the two are sort of joined at the hip. Um, I don't think you can. I just think it sends a great message if you're dropping the captain with sort of one or two games to go, um, in such a, you know, <laughs> the words the words to describe this season. We could probably spend half an hour <laughs> thinking of some negative words, but I just don't. I just don't think someone who's given so much to the club, dropping him, dropping him while he's still captain with a game to go, is going to achieve anything. I think. You, you play him and, and you figure all that out in the off-season. I think you, that's the, the very, very least that he deserves for, for everything he's done. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Now, you're saying all that. You mentioned Zerhar a couple of times. Are you confident that he'll stay? Um, I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> I hope yeah. so. It's hard, it's hard to say, obviously. Um, I, th- I think a lot of it probably depends on the, um, the new coach and whoever that may be and whether he feels valued. Um He's going to have offers coming for him, left, right, and center. So he's he's in a good spot, um, and those offers will be, and those offers will give him the money that he deserves for the footy he is playing and is capable of playing and, and can play. So um, I th- I think he'll stay. He does seem invested. He doesn't seem like the sort of guy that's um, sort of detached or, or checked out in any way, shape, or form. So I mean, I think he'll stay, but I think I think a lot of it will depend on on who that new coach is when it's announced and. And the collateral um, damage or announcements that 
come with a new coach and you know, who the new coaching staff look like and, and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, I think he'll stay, but I don't think he'll sign like a four-year deal or anything like that. I think it'll be like close to a two-year deal. Um, I don't know if he's too confident in the direction of the club. Like, I sense he wants to be here, but I don't know if he's too confident that, um, you know, like uh, long-term that, uh, you know, if, if 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 we're still struggling in a couple of years, he might say, oh, I want to go to a successful team, or which is fair enough, I suppose. But, um, yeah, you'd, you'd certainly hope in a couple of years that uh, we're, going, we're definitely going in the right trajectory. Now, you mentioned coach. Uh, it's looking more and more likely. Um, according to the bookmakers, it will be Alistair Clarkson. I mean, we can't be too confident with this because of past history <laughs> with uh, pl- trying to uh, poach players from other clubs, uh, in particular <laughs> Dustin Martin, Andrew Gaff. Um, let's say it is true and he does come along. Uh, what are you hoping he brings as far as playing style uh, and so forth uh, for next season? And go on. Um, well, I, mean, th- I think for me, the main part with any new coach is just to have a I mean, obviously they wouldn't get the job if if they didn't have this, but just a realistic view of the list. I mean, like you look at North's list and it's obviously very young, which means there's naturally not a lot of, I guess, you know, dead wood, so to speak. There's not there's not those sort of, yeah, you, you get a lot of, like the list in, was in 2020 where you had a lot of sort of 26, 29-year-old guys who weren't, weren't great but weren't bad and it was just kind of there. There's not that, it's not really that type of player on the list anymore um, with the, with the small exceptions. Um, I don't think you need to go and recruit multiple super experienced types like a Hodge at Brisbane, like one, one, one sure. And I would imagine one is kind of like a, a prerequisite almost with a new coach who wants to bring someone they're really familiar with who can help sort of be an on-field, basically on-field assistant coach. Um, there's a lot of pieces already in place. Um, they just need they just need time and proper guidance. I mean, I'm not expecting North to make finals next year, but or anything like that. But I can see a pretty drastic improvement in terms of win loss compared to this year. I guess technically everything's a drastic improvement in win loss compared to this year. But, but yeah, um, well, he's got a low bar, isn't he? Really? Yeah, exactly. He's got a low bar. You can win four games and you improve by two by you doubling it, aren't you? So yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, I think I think that's the main one. I mean, to have a realistic view of the list and sort of you don't need to come in and recruit sort of three 30 plus year olds to provide you know provide a lot of guidance because you've already because when you look at it next year and you've got sort of assuming Zerha stays, you've got sort of Larky Simkin, Zerha who are leaders and LDU who's already a great midfielder and and there's and there's already pieces in place. So that's that's the main one for me. Game style is oh, it's complete. Lottery, you know, he's, he's let's say it's Clarkson. He's spent twelve months out of the game. He might have a bunch of new ideas, and um, and it could look completely different to how Hawthorne looked in his last year, or his, or his last couple of years. So he could have, um, he could sort of well, revolutionise a bit strong, but he could give us something different um, completely. So I, I um, I, I can't see inside the mind of Clarkson, and to be honest, I don't, wouldn't really want to. So. <laughs> So, um, so yeah, the game style part is a complete lottery, but yeah, I just hope he, um, yeah, I just hope he sort of continues and on the development, and um, I think that's the most important thing rather than sort of recruiting a bunch of super experienced guys. Yeah, no, and that's fair enough. Um, yeah, pretty well, pretty well said. Yeah, I mean, I, I think the yeah the list isn't too bad. I mean, there's obviously little uh, tweaks you can always make, and uh, if you feel like there's a fringe player somewhere else that you feel can help us immediately. 
um, you know, whether it's, it might be you know, a crumbing forward that's got a bit of pace or something like that, I'm not too sure. But, uh, yeah, no, it's there's, I, I think our list is in a lot better shape than uh, the two wins we've shown this season. And hopefully, I think uh, the main issue is uh, is trying to um, not as get many injuries. I mean, there's going to be um, a lot of bad luck, you know, with uh, ACLs and and so forth. But uh, I, I felt like we've had a lot of injuries this year as far as soft tissue. Have you noticed that as well? Um, I, I, you know, to be honest, I haven't really been tracking it. Um, obviously it's come, <laughs> it's come pretty, come pretty good. I think I had 15, 14 BFL, uh, 14 AFL lizard players in the BFL. I think they said in, on commentary, something like that, maybe. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, yeah, obviously it was, wasn't great at, at different times of the year. Um, it's, I think it's what, 12 months into the new strength and conditioning team. So I think it needs, um, from the limited knowledge I have in that area, they sort of need time to implement their programs and, and get the bodies conditioned to it over the over the course of a couple of years. And I stress again, I'm absolutely not an expert in that. It's all kind of stuff I've been told rather than stuff I know firsthand. So um, I'd imagine if with a sort of coaching, a new coaching team who's really clear in the way they want to play, and then you can base your you base your fitness program around that in the off season. Um, across the summer and then you know fingers crossed the, the two align well and then and then you've got a fit team because <laughs> um yeah, yeah we, we we definitely felt the uh the impact of injuries at certain times but um yeah hopefully that sort of rectifies itself with another year into into the immature bodies as they start to put a bit more size on and, and become a bit more mature and, and used to afl life yeah, 100%. I mean, I think I discussed this with you probably halfway through the year when we were doing our team selection, and the 22 were almost picking themselves at one stage. Um, yeah. And that was uh, that was pretty oh, – I mean, we had about 28 to pick from, but probably only 20 of them were you know, AFL-ready players. So, yeah, uh, yeah, it was, uh, it's good to get uh, – yeah, it's better late than never, I guess, to get uh, you know, a few more players to pick from. Uh, we might as well go to uh, – uh, possible team changes for the upcoming week. It looks like Ben McKay, Ben Cunnington are two ins. Um, we talked about Charlie Combin. Uh, Taron Thomas has uh, spent another week in reserves. Uh, any other any other ones you might see come in or, or, or players that might even possibly come out for those uh, two uh, or three? Well, I think if if McKay is fit, he'll come in for Walker, which seems seems relatively straightforward. Um, if, yeah, if, we're, if we're going under the assumption that when Kainas plays, he'll spend some more time forward and maybe potentially not a full-time full time mid. And I think you're probably looking at someone like a Lazaro or Powell who who can go back and play a full game. If it's Powell, you can, you can go back and play a full game in the midfield at BFL level, um, which, you know, could be a good way, good way to sort of see the progress he's made. Um, or I wonder, I think Green was really, really quiet last week. Mm. Um, I wonder if he's potentially. I don't think they drop him, but it is the second last week of the season. And if Connors is coming back, and they and they want to play him as a full time mid, maybe that means Greenwood is the one who makes way. Um, but if I was making changes, I'd have Cunnington and Mackay in for Powell and Walker. Not that Powell's been playing poorly; it's just it's just a good chance for him to have a full game um, in in the midfield at BFL level. Yeah, yeah, no, that's uh, that's fair enough. Uh, Charlie Combin, you think they put him in this week, or do you think they'll um, keep him in the reserves for another week, give him a full run at it again? 
Oh, selfishly, I hope you hope you play this week, but um, I think they'll I think they'll give him another week, yeah. um, and then he'll come in for the Gold Coast game. I hope I'm wrong because I want to see I desperately want to see him at AFL level, but um, it's it's all, all based on a hunch. So I just think they'll give him an extra week. No, that's that's fair enough. Yeah, I think um, we might have a yeah, like like we mentioned earlier, we might have a pretty strong uh, round twenty three team with Terrence Holmes, Charlie Combin, you know, Ben Cunnington. Hopefully, gets through this week and can play next week. So yeah, no, might. Uh, we might uh, get a round 23 win. Who knows? I mean, Gold Coast uh, are you know, a very strong team this year and have been very competitive. So, yeah, we'll, um, we'll see how we go. So, now, you tweeted earlier, it's been a long time since we've beaten Adelaide and Adelaide. I think you said it was 2003. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yes, yeah, so this is actually, actually yeah. I, just thought, I thought, oh, it's just been a while. I'll see how long it's been. Because I knew, I know that North haven't, haven't ever won at Adelaide Oval. So I thought, well, it's been a... You know, at least eight years or however long Adelaide's oval's been been open for footy, and then I just sort of kept scrolling back through the AFL tables line by line. And I'm like, Jesus, when when was his last win? <laughs> and then I eventually got back, and it was 2003 uh, in the wet. Uh, that was the first time, the second time North had played against Kerry at at, at Adelaide. Why? Yeah, that's right. I remember that one. Yeah, yeah. yeah no, it, was, it, was, it was like a second one. Yeah, it was the second last round of the. Of the year or third last round or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Kerry kicked a good goal from the boundary line too, I remember. Yeah. Yes, that was – yeah, that's that, I still remember that guy. That was unbelievable to how he did that. I still don't know. Yeah, well, he was a freakish talent. So, yeah, this is uh, obviously uh, towards the end of his career. So, yeah, no, it's, that's uh, that's a long time um, between drinks. Uh, how can we beat him this week? <laughs> well, Adelaide style's all based around pressure. And and what comes along with that? Obviously, we played them. It feels like about five minutes ago in in Tassie, but That's right. maybe maybe what, seven weeks ago, something like, something like that. It's all it's all based around pressure. They're not necessarily the team that's gonna gonna cut you up with skills end to end and sort and sort of slice through you like that. If you, they'll pressure you, and their pressure is really good, um, and then and then their success is comes based off that. So if you can match them there in that department, you're probably gonna get joy um especially with the way north are moving the ball so if they can if they can move the ball and sort of you know dodge that pressure or or good enough to go through it um that's the route to victory obviously it's much easier said than done because they couldn't do it a few weeks ago at blunston and they're about you know they're a 10 goal team 10 goal better team in anywhere compared to adelaide so uh, um yeah, so it's all, you know, all based around the pressure that Adelaide bring and whether North can match it. If they can match it, um, that'll be a, that'll be a shot. Um, if not, it'll it'll be a, a real grind of a game towards a sort of five or six goal loss, I would imagine. Yeah, yeah, well, that's probably what it's leaning towards. Do you think like something like a Ben Cunnington can lift the group that much that uh, it can cause a bit of a boil over? Oh, he, oh, he definitely, lift, yeah, definitely lift the group, yeah, no, no doubt about it in my mind. Um, especially, yeah, when he's assuming he starts on the field and he's at the centre for the first centre bounce. Um, that's that's going to be huge. If you have you have, you have Cunnington, Simpkin, LDU in at the first centre bounce with Goldie, um, it's just, it, the confidence and it's such an intangible, but the confidence it will give the the whole playing group knowing that Cunnington's out there is is massive. We saw it with we saw it in round one when Doherty played. Carlton, he hit that goal in the first quarter, and yeah, if there was a roof, if there was a roof on the G, it would have come up, um, and just it just energised Carlton, and um, I think yeah, something similar definitely has the potential to happen for North, for North this week, that's for sure. Um, how are we going to lose a centre clearance with those three uh, in there? Uh, 
Cunnington <laughs> LDU Goldstein. Yeah, well, that, that's what comes back to the Adelaide pressure. They're really good at um, at, at pressuring. You got um, like they're not a, they're not a midfield that's going to slice you up. But even Sam Berry, who's come in this year, and he's a really really good pressure player. So they're kind of they're going to basically sort of gr- try to grind you into the ground and and then go forward off of that. So yeah, um, and that's how they that's basically how they score from stoppages. Um, that's why they sorry. That's why they score from stoppages so much, so much um, better than they do from turnovers. Is because they have those extra guys around the ball who can just sort of grind you down and and win that first possession and go. So yeah, that's that's where the game's going to be decided. Yeah, no, fair enough, I suppose. Um, in saying all that, uh, what's your final prediction? Um, oh, I'd say probably Adelaide by four to five goals. I reckon. Um, I think I imagine North will start well um, or energised, but I think um, in the end, Adelaide and home ground home ground advantage, and um, and, they've, and they've been pretty pretty decent the last few weeks. So um, yeah, yeah, I think they'll slowly slowly pull away. I think. Yeah, yeah, that's probably what what might happen. The emotion of uh, having been Cunnington out there really might uh, get us off to a good start, but they might just uh, slowly reel us back in over time, and um, yeah, probably just overrun us in the end. But uh, you never know. I mean, we might uh, we might cause a boil over, and Jack Siebel might kick six goals as well. So that'll be that'll be good. <laughs> that'd be nice. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely would. Uh, especially especially Jack. We, yeah, you know, I mean, oh, I hate seeing uh, Harry's career's just gone. Yeah, you know, um, so. You know, so poorly over the last couple of months because he has been the heart and soul of the football club, and he's always been, uh, you know, team first players. So yeah, hopefully, yeah. You know, I mean, yeah, you know, I don't wish anyone uh, to to fall off off the hill, but um, yeah, we definitely want to see him, you know, play some good football, and hopefully, yeah, you know, uh, the next coach, uh, whether it's Clarkson or someone else, can. Uh, yeah, get some get some sort of value out of him next year, but uh, we'll see how we go. Uh, did you want to add anything else before I let you go, Ricky? Uh, just the usual plugs for the shinburner.com. Um, as we head towards finals, we've got uh, heaps, heaps more content, and heaps is probably underselling it. Um, bunch of finals things. Um, all these, all the normal North Melbourne match reviews. Basically, I'll be doing that for every single final. Um, we'll have sort of a team basically team sort of look back and look ahead so it's kind of like half season review half look ahead to trade period and what they can do um to better their lists uh, every trade period move that involves a player will have a will have a post breaking that down um i don't know how i'll be able to get past 200 words when it's a fringe player getting traded for a future third round pick but <laughs> we'll, see. we'll see how we go when we get there um yeah there's gonna be heaps of content coming on the shin bonus so um Basically, from the end of round 23, it's kind of hit the turbo button until the end, <laughs> end of trade period. So um, that's going to be a fun six or seven weeks. Yeah, definitely. Um, and Pete, you still got all those tiers and, um, yeah, all that uh, happening? Yep, yep, absolutely. You can sign on, sign up via Patreon, patreon.com slash the shimboner. So there's four different tiers. Uh, bottom one is 250 a month, uh, up to $10 a month for all the extra all the extra benefits and early access to things. Um, Early access to posts, exclusive access to pages, all these list management tools that are that are still ticking along, like all the out of contract players, list demographics, all in hopefully nice and easy to read graphics, so you can basically analyze a list with all the tools that are there. So, um, well, they they help me, so hopefully they help everyone else too. 
yeah, no, definitely get behind it. Uh, and at the end of the day, ten, just go to the $10, $10 auction. Uh, it's, it's definitely worth it. Um, I've, I've got that one, and I know a number of other people have got that one as well. So, yeah, I mean, you know, and you're supporting one of your own. You're not uh, just listening to, you know, media personalities uh, talk absolute dribble. Um, one week they're saying Clarkson's going to GWS, and the next day they're saying, no, he's coming to North and so forth. So, yeah, no, get beyond Ricky. Um, yeah, he did a great article about minutes played as well uh, a number of weeks ago. You can you can scroll back and read them all, and, uh, yeah, definitely get behind his work. Um, anyways, Ricky, I think that's it uh, for the moment. Uh, I appreciate you coming on the show, and I'm sure I'll chat to you soon. Absolutely. Always fun. Thanks for having me. Thanks, Ricky. And I'm glad that uh, you didn't doze off either. <laughs> I'm getting this slowly, slowly. <laughs> so thanks to Ricky for coming on the show once again. So that's it for this episode. I will be back either Monday or Tuesday next week uh, to review our, uh, hopefully, our win against Adelaide. I've said that a number of times this week, and generally it's been a loss, but um, there'll be plenty to talk about. Obviously, the Ben Cunnington comeback, a um, number of other things as well. I'm sure will happen. Hopefully, we've, uh, I'll be able to uh, discuss the announcement of a new coach. Um but oh, I don't think that's happening uh, for at least another week, or I'll think anyway. But uh, no, me, as soon as I start, stop recording, uh, probably will be announced. There'll be a press conference uh, later this afternoon. Um, I did record this a little bit earlier today, so teams are still a fair way away. So I couldn't discuss um, with Ricky uh, the team changes. We, we talked about possible team changes, but uh, yeah, no, I couldn't do that. Um, once again... Uh, Thanks, thank you to everyone that uh, you know retweets, um, puts the show out there. Um, I really appreciate it. Telling your friends about it, um, it's definitely uh, growing. Uh, it's definitely grown over the last uh, probably six to eight months. Um, I will be once uh, the AFL men's uh, season finishes. I will be discussing more about the women's as well. I'll probably take over that uh, and uh, keep that going for you know the rest of the year. Uh, that does go till. Um, when does that go till uh, December, doesn't it? So, yeah, I mean, that uh, pretty much starts uh, as soon as uh, the men's finish. So, yeah, which uh, coincides quite well. So, yeah, we don't have finals to worry about, so I can uh, definitely uh, uh, sink my teeth in- into that a little bit more. So, yeah, now, if you do want uh, you know, more uh, content of AFLW, I still will be doing that in uh, once the men's team does finish. And there'll be plenty more to discuss. There'll be... Um, trade periods there'll be free agency drafts as well coming up so i'll definitely have a lot more shows uh, for the rest of the year anyways yeah like i said once again thanks to all you lovely listeners uh, for putting it out there and i will be back uh later this next week not uh, this week uh yeah so early uh next week so i'm starting to lose it at the moment uh the caffeine's starting to wear off a bit so yeah i better let uh better uh get going i guess uh anyways i will leave a shout out today to Brett McKenzie. Bye for now.